Welcome to the Wildcast Podcast, coming to you from Wildcast Studios with your hosts, Adam Lund and Jeremy Boucher. Welcome back to the Wildcast Studios for the final pre-draft episode of the Wildcast Podcast. Your unofficial voice for all things Monkton Wildcats, as always, fan I am your host, Adam Listener. Adam Listener, Adam Lund, and of course, I am joined by your favorite co-hoster in our annual draft tradition in his Hawaiian shirt, Mr. Jeremy Boucher. How are you feeling? Doing great. This is one of my favorite episodes of the year. Yes. Yes, we have almost made it to the end. Uh, I, this is where you shine, really, if if we're being honest. Well, the draft I, episode. I should shine every week. Well, I? this is where you oh, yeah. really shine. This oh, is where yeah, people okay. get to see. Okay, yeah. Not... Week after week, it's the humor and the knowledge. This is when it's just the pure knowledge that isn't generally wrong. Well, I like to be, uh, you know, uh, when we get into this mock draft, uh, you know, if, if one of we, us is prepared. Well, you know, you, you could hey. you, some of these some of these are pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a good chance we can go 18 for 18. Ooh, that would be good. And uh, if we do, uh, folks, uh, just so you know, we are not cheaters like Connor McDavid. <laughs> I reserve judgment for that video until, uh, well, and you know what? That's, it's his personal life. And the fact that people are like attacking his girlfriend and, um, messaging her and stuff. It's like, really, you have nothing better to do than attack. And that's, I guess the life of a superstar. Yeah, it's true. People are just like, you know, I used to hold the hand of girls after the bar if they were intoxicated to make sure they would get to where they needed to be. Maybe he's just being a nice guy. Or, well, she was clearly the sober one. <laughs> yeah. He was, yeah. He was uh, McHammered, oh, if you want to call him that. Mc- that was a long season. He was McHammered. He so was letting all his- she could have been possibly taking care of him to ensure that nothing happened to him. Yeah. We don't want to speculate. No. Uh, so let's, you know, let's put it that way. Let's leave it at that. As we I'm, got not, a big I'm not here to judge... <laughs> McDavid. Put a guy in an Oilers jersey one week, and he's going to rip him apart. Uh, but we do have a Stanley Cup final. Are you going to watch? Do you care? Do you have a prediction? Um, I'm going to watch. Uh, I don't like back-to-back champions, yeah. and I don't like back-to-back-to-back champions. Uh, so I, I am going to go with Colorado uh, just because, you know, the great, uh, you know, for, for McKinnon to get another Stanley Cup for, for Cole Harbor and – uh, and, and all that, I just something tells me that uh, that Colorado will win. Tampa Bay's got the obviously the, one of the best goaltenders in the in in, in the world, but yep. uh, I think uh, Colorado's got that firepower that can win the series. Yeah, it's gonna be. I hope both teams lose, if I'm being honest. But um, I think Colorado will win. But I, I I would have a tough time if I had to put uh, money on it, like Sportsnet drills into my head. I should put money on it all the time, yeah. every time it's on. Um, I have a tough time betting against Tampa Bay. Um, I don't want Corey Perry to get a Stanley Cup. I hate Corey Perry. Uh, the fact that he's team jumping and has lost two years in a row. That's the only time. That's the only reason I want Tampa Bay to lose. But the fact that Maroon can get to Gretzky level and win his fourth straight Stanley Cup, it's just the stuff of legends. But if Colorado is going to win this, if they have a series lead, they better end it because yeah. Vasilevsky is all world when it comes mm-hmm. to um, keeping his team whether in the series or even in elimination games. So um, I just to be different, and I don't like Colorado and Slewfoot McKinnon, uh, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. I'm gonna, I'm, Corey Perry's finally going to get one, even though I don't want him to. Um, he's finally going to get one. Uh, big show this week. Got a couple guests later on, but let's get into it with, uh, you want to go QMGTL or Wildcats? Well, it's a Wildcats show. Let's go Wildcats. All right. So we had the uh, the awards trickling out after uh, – 
last week or two weeks ago when I asked when it was coming because it's been a while. Um, I don't think there's really any surprises. Um, the rookie of the year, Loshing, Barbashev, and Moran. Uh, I was a little surprised to see Loshing on there. I thought maybe OJ might have been in contention for rookie of the year. Uh, but again, it's what is it? You have to play less than 20 games in your season to be a rookie the next season. So something like some weird rule like that. So, mm-hmm. um, but there wasn't really a lot of surprises for me uh, in terms of the actual winner. I haven't seen one yet. No, Moran was, uh, I mean, Moran was rookie of the year. Yep. Uh, you know, he's, I think we picked him. Yeah, you picked him. I, I picked OJ. Just Which was going to be a coin flip. I think if OJ was healthy all year, it, yeah. it might have been a little bit closer. Uh, but none of these award winners have really surprised me. Uh, so far, it's, it's uh, the, was it the fans that voted? Did the fans vote on this one? I don't think so. Because the only we, we didn't get no emails or no, there was no the, we got one email for fan like the fan award, like the yeah. fan favorite award. That's it. Yeah. Um yeah, most improved player was OJ Isenza Mueller. Can't I know Isenza won that one. I I, I think, think the, if it was you know, that might be the only one I could I could argue with because you know, Mueller was just a, a different player. Yeah. Um Iacenza, because you get two rookies there plus a player that played last year. Yeah. Uh, so I understand why Iacenza won it because he was, you know, he's technically a second year player and he improved since the year before. But, uh, you know, I, I also would have thrown in Ty Bell in there. Yep. Because he was also Cliche. different. Yeah, exactly. Two different players compared to the, to the first half. I think if that one is the, the little bit of a question for me, I think unsung hero, uh, or for you, I guess unsung would be for me. You know, you talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Alexi Daniel needs a letter on his sweater. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave him a better grade than you did. He was up and down the line. If you count on him in and out, I I, I was a little shocked that Barbashev won the unsung hero as opposed to Alexi Daniel. But I mean, you couldn't go wrong with either one. But I think that was probably the one I was like, oh, okay, not the way I saw it going. Even though <laughs> throughout all the videos, and God love him for making these videos, but I don't understand why they went two nominees <laughs> and the and winner. The winner, yeah. like it, like I. Shouldn't it be all three nominees and then you pick the winner out of that? That's what you would think. <laughs> uh, you know, show the nominees and then, you know, have someone announce the winner. That's how they do it at music and movie uh, Every, award shows. Yeah. But uh, it's the Wildcats. They always <laughs> like to uh, throw us a curveball here yeah. and there. And uh, yet again, they've uh, they've done it. I think the only award left they have is MVP, and I'm not sure there's much of a discrepancy on who's going to be the MVP. Um, I believe it's the same guy that was the top point leader on the team. It's uh, it's Kalmikov, and that, that's, I think, the only award left that they've had to give out. If I, They don't really give you what awards are coming out. Or no, they, really, they used I'd... to vote on it, but now they don't even vote on it. Yeah, so. I know. I used, Yeah, you saw the fans vote on the awards. Yeah. Uh, they used to have a booth. You would check mark the names you wanted, uh, but uh, now they don't. I'm sure it's something you probably vote on on the app, but uh, technology uh, these days, yeah, you'd think that adoption would be available, yeah, but uh, apparently not. I'm and, trying to remember if they uh, if they did or not. But mm-hmm. um, and uh, so some other Wildcat news: the season ticket emails came out to season ticket holders. Um, as I got one June 7th after we finished recording. You remember a couple weeks ago. When I talked about things they need to do for fan engagement and bringing the fans closer. Mm-hmm. So you get the season ticket email. If you're a season ticket holder, go look at it. You have 
seven days. You have till the 20th to decide if you're going to keep your seats. So that seems a little early to me, but it is what it is. And wh- what do you get for being a season ticket holder again? Um, well, you get the pricing to be the same for the past five years. So that's a bit of a bonus. And you can check a box to say you're interested in World Junior seats. I would hope so. And that's pretty much it. You don't, That's all you get. Like, same pricing. You don't get, and it'll probably be the same deals. 15% off, trading ability, but but no hype on this. And maybe this is just because it gone out to season ticket holders who um, kind of know the benefits. But put it in something where you get the benefits of, mm-hmm. of being a season ticket holder, a new benefit, something. A um, couple teams that I look at, and they're in different markets, but the price point is the same. And I'm using my price point, uh, 575 in the corner. So the Ottawa 67s, uh, now my internet's going to take a bit. To, there it is. Um, their season ticket hold, season ticket is out. You can go on, on the website, you find it. So flex pack, put a hundred bucks on minimum 10 tickets. You get early access to the playoffs. Uh, but your season ticket membership. Now you get 40% off playoff tickets. Well, that's a pretty good bonus. Uh, 20% off any additional tickets. So when I take my friend, Jeremy, I save myself 20%, 20% off food and non-alcoholic beverages. That's, I, I don't get that as a season ticket holder. 20% off merchandise. I know I get 15% off. Four member-only events throughout the year. So four season ticket events. I don't. I can't remember the last time we had a season ticket holder event. I don't think we've had one in the Avenir Center. I think they used to do them at the Coliseum if people are... Yeah. A few people have told me, but... It's rare. Yeah. Discount on parking. That was a thing. Everybody hates parking down there, but there's a few different avenues. Five ticket trade-ins. I prefer being able to trade my tickets in whenever I want to go. Like when I was on holidays, I just mm-hmm. gave them to you. You could use them forever. And one free Red Blacks game. That's a pretty good perk. We're not gonna we're not gonna have that perk. It'd be cool if we had a free free CFL game perk. Um, so the tickets for that uh, in the red section. So in in Ottawa, it's a bit of a different arena. It's built off the football stadium. Um, so there's I think 12 seats of general mission. And then there's a whole half moon of actual seats, 570 bucks for adults. So for the same price point, you're getting 40% off playoff tickets, parking, 20% off food and beverage. That's, that's a big thing. Even if it's just percentage off, uh, food and beverage in 34 home games a year, season tickets in Edmonton, same corner, uh, corners a little bit more 699, but you're playing in Rogers place. So, um, but yeah, first round of the WHL playoffs is included. That's that should easily be never waste a ticket program. So they have the whole thing, buddy passes to bring a friend season ticket events. They got 15% off. Um, every promotional item is guaranteed to members. So if they're doing a promo item, you're getting it. doesn't matter if you're one of the first 500 or you didn't make it that game, you're getting that, that promotional item and then a dedicated oil Kings ticket account. But that's, they have the budget for that. So, Basically, what I'm getting at is step up. Like, what, what, what is the advantage to coming back to being a Wildcat season ticket holder in what this should be a division championship contending contending year, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, you don't have season ticket holders, but has anything I've said made you want to be a season ticket holder of the Wildcats? Not really. No, you're basically paying for your seat, and you're probably paying the same amount as what those other teams are, are charging yep. uh, just without the extra perks. Uh, so it could be early. It's, it's early, you know, uh, but uh, it may not be just in, in that email, but 
you know, there could be things here and there that uh, that are thrown in. I mean, yeah, you get your your what is it? Your double your chances on your fifty fifty. Yeah, okay, cool. That's we wouldn't have won our our money last year <laughs> if, it true. Was, if it wasn't for that, yeah, right? Get, and, I think you get twelve of them for thirty four home games. Yeah. Uh, so you, there's still ch- there's still a chance to yeah. to add in some perks, but uh, yeah, what we've seen in the past, it's, it doesn't look like there's ever anything that's thrown in there to to make it uh, enticing to be a, a wildcat season ticket holder yeah. uh, and unless things change you know it doesn't look like there's going to be any more benefits nope. than than there ever has been so and if things do change and you promote these things of you know 20 percent off well you should be encouraging them to the season ticket base that continues to buy them every year after year after year but um, like I said, JC, just give me a call. Hit me up on the DMs. Um, <laughs> I got lots of many ticket ideas. Um, but, again, probably want to hear from them. Uh, so let's get into the queue. Uh, we have a champion. We have St. John knows at least one of their opponents. Um, it's a 2012 rematch. Schoenigan. A lot of people didn't pick them. Um, I, you know, I was one of the few, I think, that pick them to the final against St. John, which technically means I pick him to get to the Memorial Cup, but I didn't pick him. I don't think I would have picked him to win the Cup. Are, are you more surprised that they won it or that it was in five games? Five, uh, five <laughs> games. Um, but Charlottetown was right there. Yeah. Um, you know, they the series was... Contrary to TSM's belief. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... Um, Charlottetown had some unfortunate bounces, some unfortunate calls. Um, they just the bounces just didn't go their way in the series. And uh, you know, when the game is when it's hockey, it's a game of inches, and that basically came came true. Uh, there was, you know, that uh, game five overtime. What was it? Twenty seconds in or something like that. Yeah. Um, yep. First shot on 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 the penna. I mean, you just game three. Lowen puts it in his own net. Yeah, that which was that was a backbreaker. That that hurt. Yeah, but then you see them one seven nothing. They set, was it seven nothing? Seven nothing. Yeah. Game four and okay, well maybe this maybe this team has finally got the the kick in the ass they needed. But yeah. and it, no, no. So, um, but it was it was really a, a three man show in that uh, in that final. It was. It was Dubé, it was Bork, and it was and and it was Borgo. Yeah. Right. It, the three guys that just pounded on the points and could not be contained. And it's uh, that that's what happens. You can have you can have a a team full of of stars, but you need superstars. You need game breakers. And um, Simono just wasn't a game breaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was the difference. Like these three guys were. Oh, they're probably in on ninety percent of the goals. Yeah, um, that Schwinnigan scored, and you know Simono just wasn't there. He missed game one, and uh, the team just didn't recover. It was it was a surprise. I think the only ones who picked Schwinnigan were their were their own fans. Yeah, so uh, good on them for you know proving proving everybody wrong. I can't remember who the uh, Quebec media was um, that came out with it today. I mean, you talk about their stars being your stars. With Bork in the lineup, they were like fifteen and eight, mm-hmm. and with him out of the lineup, they were nine and thirteen. Um, Perrick Dubé had six major goals, and four of them I think were game winners, and two of them were equalizers. 
Um, I think he scored all three in the overtime. Uh, the overtime in uh, St. John, he got both of them and in, or not St. John, Charlottetown and against Quebec. So, mm-hmm. And then again, just like I had per- said when I predicted them to get there, the two-goalie system, mm-hmm. Colombe and Lavalle, which Lavalle, the Q goalie of the year, was on the bench for most of the playoffs. And then I didn't even realize I flipped on the game, game five, I guess it would have been, halfway through, and he was in the net. And I'm like, well, they're not getting blown out. Why is he? But he come in when they were getting beat. He, you know, they needed a change. He settled things down. And good on him. That's mm-hmm. that's what a Q goalie of the year needs. And they were exactly what um, what I kind of thought they would be in, in terms of comparing them to Victoria Bill the year before. And now I think they got a really good shot. In the Memorial Cup. Now they've got 10 days off, which is, I believe, the most time they've had off. So it'll be interesting to see how they kind of get over that championship hangover. Um, And we find out WHL and OHL was on Monday. So by the time this comes out, it's either, well, no, or it's going to game seven tonight in in both series. And, you know, I've I've been watching the Hamilton London series because it's, you know, on at a normal time out here. Mm -hmm. That Misha from Windsor has been unreal like yeah. he is keeping Windsor in this I, I know game four I think it was I was like how big do those posts look right now for Hamilton they had four or five of them um, they've been good series in all three leagues which you know is good for TSN even though the coverage hasn't been great but they're covering it and, and these have been all good seasons and I said to Layla I, I don't like St. John's chances right mm. now with the amount of time they've been off compared to these I mean if Windsor gets there, they've got a shot. Uh, I mean, you beat Hamilton. Um, Edmonton looked like they were going to steamroll, and Seattle's been able to kind of stick with them. Stick with them. Uh, they have one. Uh, they had the big important home as advantage in Edmonton for Game Six, just yeah. due to ice availability. But yeah, I just I, I don't know how you feel early on, but I, I I'm kind of worried about St. John's chances. Well, I'm not going to count them out. I'll say if uh, if I think the if it's Edmonton that's in the Memorial Cup uh, I think the WHL losing streak will will finally come to an end mm-hmm. uh, if it's Seattle I could easily see it extended again um, I don't I, I think um, I'm not counting out St. John I think uh, the break is going to help them they took the ice out <laughs> they basically replaced the ice at uh, TD station because it was cursed according mm-hmm. to the uh, to the team in source, inside sources within the team. I don't hate it. Um, so they they got fresh ice, and uh, so we'll see. You know, maybe they planted something at center ice to give them good luck. You never know what it is, but uh, just, yeah, I'm, I'm not counting out Saint John. I'll, I'll give him I'll I'll give him credit. I think they've got a, a decent chance of uh, not not maybe not winning, but mm-hmm. of uh, of being right there with these with the other teams. Yeah, um, and just before we get into our guests here, uh, Halifax a couple hours ago brought out their season ticket membership stuff. Just to go back to my point. Uh, you keep your seats uh, for the World Juniors. Uh, all Moosehead season ticket holders uh, who purchase their seats will have the first right of refusal. So not are you interested, first right of refusal. Um, so you get your refusal of the 2023 seat, uh, savings on tickets, uh, present cup playoff priority, merchandise discount, concession discount. That's a big one, concession discount. Um, they never waste a plan, never waste a ticket. So, you know, CHL TV discount, which we got lowest playoff tickets. So access to exclusive team events. It's, it's right there to, you know, I can, I can look at Ottawa. I can look at Edmonton. This is in our own market. This is who we kind of compete with. They're giving you your first, like you, you get a season ticket. 
you get to go to the world juniors if you want to pay that pay that price if you want to right so um make something happen make something happen you ready to talk with draft yeah let's you ready do it, to get into this let's give her. all right let's get into a view from the other bench view from the other bench all right and I mean, view from the other bench, kind of. This one, we're going to go to our own uh, our own bench, but it's way up in the sky. The arena bench is all over, all over the land. Uh, we're here to talk, uh, as we get into the draft season, about prospects. We had them on early in the year to talk about last year's prospects coming into the season. So why not get them on talking about the Wildcats draft? Uh, we have head scout Alex Gauthier. Thanks for joining us, Alex. How are you tonight? Very good, and you? Uh, I'm talking hockey in June, so I'm not too bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's good. <laughs> Uh, I guess first question, I mean, just how good does it feel to be back in rinks this past year uh, scouting as opposed to, you know, trusting the scouts that are just seeing streaming packages as opposed to being in the rinks? It's uh, it's amazing. It's uh, it's tough to imagine how, how uh, we miss being around the guys and being at the ring and going to see the games live. and Because, you know, we, don't, we do that mostly for, for the fun of doing it. We are not doing it... Uh, or the, the money or everything that goes with it. But, uh, you know, so being with the guys and going to the rink and watching those kids play is uh, always fun. When you go to the rink to uh, to scout, uh, you know, wearing your, your Wildcats uh, attire, what do you, what qualities are you looking for uh, in a player to bring to the organization? Oh, honestly, uh, we, it, the, you know, there's, there's the usual uh, criteria that we are uh, marking, like... No skating, uh, hands and skills, hockey sense, defensive hockey sense, offensive hockey sense, um, character, work ethic, stuff like that. So uh, we we are looking at all those criteria. I would say that our main, um, obviously, at the top of the draft, we're looking for many of those qualities to be major junior level. So either. Uh, you know, uh, the combination of size, speed, and uh, work ethic. Or, you know, we can do many combinations. It's tough to find a total package. But, you know, all, all those qualities that to have uh, uh, as I on, the, let's say we rank on 10, for example. So as I on 10 that we can have. And then the, the further down the draft we go, uh, we are looking mainly for one major junior quality to work with and hope that the rest of the game comes together. So it's, it's either, uh, you know, that guy may not have the best, uh, let's say, vision for now or skill, but his skating is really major junior caliber. So that's, that's the main criteria. Obviously, for the Wildcats in particular, I think we play uh, a style of game that's in, uh, with a lot of speed, with a lot of... Uh, Work ethic. I know uh, we 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 want guys that can follow that tempo, that rhythm. So that's that's really some quality that we focus on uh, when we go to the rink. And you've had a lot of success in the past two drafts finding those guys, um, especially you know all the GMs and everyone looks at the first round. What'd you hit? Uh, maybe second round. But when you look at the, the last two drafts for the Wildcats and you look at the late round selections, kind of where I guess you could say scouts make their money finding those diamonds in the rough. Uh, we had Manic Saracen, Ryan Hackett, who played this year uh, from last draft, uh, Miles Mueller, Daniel Oje, making impacts. Um, this, mm-hmm. how, I guess, is there more pressure now 
to try and hit those um, late round picks? Or is it just a sense of, you know what, we've had success late. Let's trust our board and we'll be fine. The, the thing is that uh, uh, it's kind of a combination of, yes, we pick the best player that we think, if, but uh, it's also a bit of the players that, that are responsible for themselves as well. So we, we, we pick the, the, the right person and we hope that they develop their full ability. So uh, let's say the Thomas Auger case, like Thomas was a smaller player. He's still a smaller player for our league, but he's a guy that, you know, we like some of the determination, the skills, and he was playing on a particularly bad team on his draft year in the Espoir, but we knew he was a high scorer in Bankdown and stuff like that. So when we got to the 12th round, we said, you know, that, that guy may never play, but he may be a number one. So we kind of went with it and it turned out well for us. And, you know, every situation is different. I mean, uh, if we take Alexi Daniel, who was an 11th round pick, you know, we were picking a local guy that can jump in, maybe compete to get a spot, and he gave us way more than that so far in his career. So you know, we're happy about it. And I mean, those guys may make their chance, all of everything they had uh, with with all the, the chances they had. They, mm-hmm. They just took it and, you know, that's good for them. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, I guess how does it feel as a scout? Uh, you know, when you have two of the players that you that you drafted, uh, make it to the telescope and and you know perform well for their respective teams, is that just like a pat on the back for uh, for your staff? Uh, yes. Well, uh, uh, Lonsbury and Barajon were two guys that we really liked last season, and that we still lucky that we got them in the fourth and fifth round. <laughs> And uh, I mean, they were playing on two very good teams. Uh, they were a huge leader on their team, uh, point-wise, and uh, also uh, really the leadership. I mean, Eddie was captain, Rosberry uh, was uh, assistant. So uh, I mean, uh, it's it's good to to have the chance to see them go that far and getting that winning culture in their, you know, in their background. So. When we, we will get to the point that we need winner, well, those guys they they certainly have the chance to, to they feel the the win, so they they will want to have it back again for sure. Yeah, it's always good when you can get a, a player like Bayerjan in the fifth round, who most scouts and and whatnot uh, kind of have first round grades on them. I guess uh, just with a player like that, I mean that highly skilled, and a lot of people had him maybe first second round. Just how hard was it not to itch to go get him maybe a round earlier or, or, or whatnot. Uh, how how much was it just, uh, especially when you get into the draft, going through the process from the start to the end, just staying true to your board, how much do boards change as you go maybe even a month before the draft or, you know, as, as this comes out on Wednesday, like, like, you know, 10 days before the draft, how much does the draft board change with prospects up and down as you communicate with more of your scouts? Uh, well, the, 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 the list, the, the... The biggest, I would say, part of the list is done probably after the uh, the Q Cup this year, uh, which was early May. So the main, you know, the list looks like a lot like it will look at the draft. And then what we do after that is consulting the guys as well and, uh, you know, making some little change. And after that, that there's all the uh, interview process as well that 
that we take into consideration and uh, that that may move player around because you know some player when we uh, when when I say interview is all the background as well so we talk to the coaches and stuff like that so we try during the year to evaluate uh, what we see on the ice mostly and then after at the end of the season then we we take into consideration everything that we know about the person so it may move players around a little bit as well and then there's always, you know, final tuning with, you know, Richie at the end of the day will have seen a lot of the players so he will have his own veto, uh, I will say, on the list. So if, if there's players that he likes more than others, then we, we kind of, uh, he will make his own adjustment. And then when the draft comes, you know, we really follow the list and it's important for us to follow the list. But... Uh, you know, there's always sometimes there's some grouping done as well. So there's, uh, you know, uh, a certain group of players that are close to each other. So it comes that we pick in, in between those uh, at one point in the draft. So it's on the spot a little bit still, you know, because depending on what, which player we pick earlier and, you know, it's like if you do fantasy draft, for example, and you have three forward pick, you need to go with the D while well, it's a bit of the same with their major mm-hmm. junior draft. So even if the next guy is a forward, if we already have two or three forward drafters, we may decide to go with a D or goalie or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so sorry, Jeremy. So a player doesn't, uh, when you're moving him, if he has a really good interview, he may move a couple spots up the board, but it's not like a, a fourth round to a, a third round grade on your board. Like they don't really jump that high. It's just kind of little tweaks here and there. Yeah, it's mostly yeah, it's mostly tweak. Obviously, the yeah. the fact of being a good person doesn't make you a first round talent. But yeah. you know, when you come to the let's say uh, after the first, uh, you no, know, our, our list is about one hundred fifty players plus the goalie on the side. Yeah. So we know that we can do all the draft with about that number of players. And I would say that I tell the guys if there's players that you really like, you need to put them at least in the first one hundred, one hundred twenty, to so they get you know a, a definite chance of being big. So uh, obviously everything that's between you know fifty, sixty to one twenty, at one point the players are very close to each other. So yes, the the, the, the background, the interview, and how, how good. When we're talking about, you know, after the fifth, between the fifth and the fourteenth round, uh, the, the the type of person that the player is make a huge difference. Uh, so uh, we have better chance to go. It comes with the quality that I was saying earlier. You know, it, it counts if the guy is a, a special human being. Let's say that. For sure. Mm-hmm. I get, uh, how difficult is it uh, when you're out, when you're going through your when it's your turn to pick and there's a player you really like? Uh, how difficult is it to pass on that player if you know that they're that they're interested in uh, in NCAA? Oh, is it tough? Is it uh, well? I, I you know we we want guys that want to be in Moncton. That's mm-hmm. one of the things that we do during the interview. We. We we did draft player that 
decided not to come in the past, but we tried to avoid that as much as we can. And, uh, you know, it, it, the players, they have the choice to go that way if they want to, but we, we prefer to have players that we don't need to convince that we want to, them to come to Moncton. So it's tough. I would say not really. Like, I mean, if you, if you don't ready to come to Moncton to, to, for installation and what the, the, our team is able to provide, well, prefer to take the next guy then. And, uh, yeah, last week, uh, Hockey Canada announced their 100 players for, uh, for their U17 camp. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, I think I counted 23 that are eligible for the Q draft and, uh, Moncton, Moncton's first pick is 22nd. So uh, uh, <laughs> what do you think our chances are of getting one of those 23 guys? I would say our centers are very good, <laughs> especially that you you need to take into consideration that uh, some uh, some teams are going to pick players that are not going there. And that's what we may do as well. That is that we agree with the choice that all Canada made and that they, so it, but the chances are, I, I would say, relatively high to some degree to have a player that's there. But if it is not, doesn't really matter, honestly. All right, man, just uh, one more kind of fun one. I know we've had you on in August. We've had Richie on a couple of times. He says Alex loves his picks. Uh, two seconds, three thirds. Uh, are we going to... You know, just it's just between you, me, and Jeremy right here. No one else is listening. Are we going to have a pick on night one? Or are you going to keep your uh, try and keep your selections to add the most value in the draft? Are we are we going to have a night one selection? Uh, we will have to ask that question to Richie. He's taking care of the the trade. So uh, I, I, whatever whatever the opportunity is, we will be to pick the best player for sure. And uh, either in the first round or if we go into the second round, I don't, I don't mind it. If there's a player that we really like and there's an opportunity to trade up, I think that's fine. I think we, that the 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 good thing about the, our last few drafts is it give us some kind of uh, of depth, so mm-hmm. we don't need to fill that many spots. So we can go with uh, a little bit less player and more uh, quality. I always like quantity. I think at one point a draft is that yeah, is, you know you, you you need to have a lot of pick to be able to because it's tough not to be I wouldn't say wrong but you know if you have very limited amount of pick the chances of getting the player if you you just go buy one I don't understand if, I don't know if you understand what I mean but yeah. you know it's it's tough to uh, nailed it for sure 100 percent after you know the the first few rounds. So uh, I, I don't mind whatever. Quality <laughs> is good. Uh, uh, anyway, what what I can tell you is we, we will be ready to pick the, the guy <laughs> at the spot that we will pick. Yep, and that's exactly the answer I figured you were going to give us. There is, uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll 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 take it as it comes, and we'll pick who's available when we pick. Right? Yeah, no problem with that. I mean, <laughs> there's it's it's a, a draft this year. There's a, there's a good, a good depth in the draft. There's, a, a, there will be interesting player with a, like. A, I mean, we pick like right now six time in the first sixty one. So yeah. I would say that uh, probably it's those. If we if we, we will keep those six selections, those six selections will be pretty interesting prospect for sure. 
Perfect. Well, we appreciate you taking the time as always, Alex, and uh, friend of the show. And hopefully, A, we'll have you on in August to talk about the players you selected going into camp. And B, next season we'll get into an actual live draft and we can meet you and talk about <laughs> these picks and maybe have a live interview. That, that would be great, for sure. <laughs> All right, Alex, you have a good night and uh, enjoy the draft in a couple weeks as, uh, as I know the fans will as well. Thank you. Enjoy it as well. I'm sure you're going to have fun watching that. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Okay, bye, boys. Bye. All right, now the other bench we're going to take a view from. Uh, it's a brand new guest on the show. Uh, we always like to bring on new guests for you guys, especially when we get closer to the draft uh, episode. Um, we brought one that's got a little bit of a different insight on some of the players, as opposed to a draft centric for a team. Uh, on the next stars at the QMJHL from Pucks Pros- Pucks Preps East, it's Braden Olson. Braden, thanks for joining us. Hey guys, uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, look. Uh, Puck Prep's been around for, um, for me, I think it's been two or three years. Correct me if, uh, if I'm wrong. Um, but uh, how did it come about? Uh, what's the story behind uh, how you got started? So, so um, <laughs> just just a quick quick correction on the pronunciation of the name, I guess. It's Puck Preps, and it's not <laughs> – I don't take it personally. Don't worry, guys. It's uh, – anyways, so the, the, basically the origin with Puck Preps is that uh, – uh, well, I, I'm not I'm not the originator of, of, of the site or, or the brand by any means, but uh, the origin is is sort of out in, in Western Canada. Um, that's sort of where the uh, the roots started, and um, the the goal or the vision for the site basically is to uh, to provide um, you know uh, grassroots evaluation for for the junior leagues and for the college ranks throughout North America. Um, that's really uh, really the target area. So we've we've got four um regions basically that we've we've broken the the brand up into so uh western canada ontario eastern canada and and the states and we all we all do a little bit of crossover work throughout the season um we're still still getting uh things built up in the states so um so we do we get the opportunity to do a lot of crossover work there and uh, it, it works good for for each of us too because there's always a lot of opportunity to see players from our respective regions that are playing in the u.s um, that's always applicable for the junior drafts and that sort of thing. So that's sort of the the backstory. Nice. Uh, I guess when it comes to the Q draft, um, so you have Sasha Boavera as your as your top prospect. Uh, what uh, what makes him uh, such a, such a special player? Yeah, Sasha's just a in, in general a really compete complete player. Excuse me. Um, I mean, he's he's already extremely physically mature, and I'll be honest with you guys. You know, back in in August last year, um, it's not that he wasn't on my radar. I just, I, I in in my first couple of viewings of him, I wasn't thrilled. Um, but just throughout the year, I mean, obviously you get limited viewings with him uh, playing playing at Mount Saint Charles relative to how much you see the other guys. So throughout the year, he's he's really come on um, more more late in the season for for me. I, I think in January we bumped him up to fifth. And then from from January on, we, we got a little bit more exposure to him at the uh, at, at U.S. Nationals and then at, at the last QMJHL Cup event um, in Blaineville. But I mean, and just in general, uh, Sash is a really, really com- complete player. Um, like I say, physically mature. Obviously, um, he's also got a lot of skill. You know, if you're going to put a player first overall, um, he's someone who can extend plays all over the ice um, in in terms of when when he is on the ice, the play is just never never dead. As far as I'm concerned, he's always able to maintain possession. 
um, along the boards. He's really good. You know, he can come in on the perimeter of the ice and, uh, and really strike some guy with guys with his speed. Um, and, and he's pretty accustomed to making power moves to the middle of the ice as well. Um, in general, I think he's a player who could probably come into a junior league right away and make a, a pretty strong impact. Um, signs right now kind of indicate that he's probably going to go the USHL route for, for the start um, of his junior career. Anyways, he's tendered to Muskegon. So um, that, that will in all likelihood hurt his draft stock, but um you know, we've seen we've seen other players like Tyler Peddle last year, where there was a lot of uh, a lot of indications that he would go to the USHL. Um, he wasn't tendered, so that that didn't play in uh, as much for for him. But um, you know, with with Sasha, I think that's that's probably going to be more of a factor. So, so we're here with uh, Braden of Puck Preps. There, we got it right this time. Um, you know, we just had. Uh, just uh, thanks. Uh, Alex Goche, head scout of the Wildcats, on, and um, you know we're picking twenty second overall. Um, and I've I've talked to Jeremy a few times off air about a player that I kind of would like to slide, and and I did a few games of color for for the Moncton Flyers, and that's Spencer Gill, and I've seen him kind of in that twelve to 15, 16 range. Uh, based on your rankings, you got him twenty fourth, which is a perfect spot for us. Um, just kind of talk about uh, Spencer Gill, and you know what he could bring uh, at the next level. Certainly. Yeah. No, I, I think, I think maybe we're a little lower on, on Spencer than like the, the central scouting group is, but um, I mean, Spencer is a, well, you know what? I think the first thing to say about Spencer is again, he came into this year um, probably with a fairly recent growth spurt. I hadn't seen him play prior to this year, but it was pretty apparent early in the year that he was getting his legs and um, you know, throughout the year you get past that and, and, and learn to realize that there's, a lot more to his game than uh, than meets the eye right away. Anyways, so he's he's a player uh, coming out of his own zone is where I think you you see a lot of value in him. He's got a, a ton of poise coming out of his own zone, and he can he can be evasive right away and and start to move guys around with his eyes a little bit. So you know, heavy skilled forward checkers might not have the impact on him that they they would on other guys that don't necessarily have the level of composure that he has right he also makes really really good long-range passes coming out of his own zone and then once once he gets to the offensive zone he's a guy who can hold the blue line really well and uh and make moves to the middle um he's he's relatively nimble like i say for, for a guy who who's still working on his skating a little bit he's relatively nimble and he he has the acute awareness to get to the middle of the ice and find a shooting lane. So certainly some, some offensive upside there. Um, another guy, I mean, I don't know if you guys have, uh, <coughs> have as much interest in, in him, but another flyer that, that should be there is his partner, Jeremy Richard. Yep. Um, another guy who, who plays a, a little bit of a different style. He's a little more conservative maybe than, than Spencer, but um I think I think Jeremy would be a tremendous addition for for the for the Wildcats if if he's there. Um, and like I say, it, there's a chance Spencer's not going to be there. I think I've I've heard lots of um, you know rumors, so to speak, that that Spencer could could be picked quite high, um, you know, potentially even land in the top ten of the draft. So if he's yeah. not around, I think I think Richard would be another great pickup on the blue line. <clears throat> One thing I, I love about uh, about puck preps is not only do you have a ranking system but you also have articles that kind of go off you know top skater best goal scorer um potential steals do you feel like that content makes your site more attractive than some of the others 
Yeah, I, I don't know that we necessarily compare ourselves to other sites, but we definitely try to put ourselves in the shoes or the seats of of our audience. So, I mean, when we say our audience, we're thinking of everyone from guys like yourselves, um, fans, teams. Um, you know, we, we know there's a lot of teams out there who, who do read our content. And that's great. That's a that's a, a you know a nice pat on the back for us. Um, but you know, also a ton of families and uh, and and parents, grandparents, that sort of thing. So I don't know. We 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 definitely try to consider that when we're we're writing. Um, and and sometimes it's just those are the things that that people want to read. It, it I don't know that it it simplifies things. You know, we can we can kind of break things down into uh, you know a list of a specific characteristic for for certain players and identify these guys as. You know, if, if you're into a player who can move his feet really quick, um, these are the guys um, and, and they're guys that you're going to want to watch and keep an eye on as they develop, because that's something that nobody's going to take away from them. Um, or if you're you're looking for some heavy hitters or some guys with nice shots, um, you know, we keep track of all this stuff through the year. So it's it's stuff to, uh, you know, it's, it's stuff to put out and stuff to publish, because I think people are certainly interested in things like that. Just one follow-up to bounce off that. I mean, obviously, like I, I said to Alex a little bit earlier, scouts and GMs kind of make their hay, and you know, a lot of fans know first, second-round picks, and they're excited for those. Those are what they pay attention to. Um, but really, a, a scout and a GM kind of make their hay with the depth and later in the rounds. Just uh, I know I don't want to put you on the spot, but just a player out of your, your draft board that's a, kind of a mid-round steal that uh, any team would be excited to, to kind of have on their roster. Yeah, I mean, everybody's got different lists, of course, and I, I think the further you go down, obviously, the more divergence there is. So, I mean, there's opportunities for, you know, I think the, the funny thing about that is that in the in the later part of the draft, you know, once you start to get past the 50s and, and so on, um, I think everybody's going to feel like they get a steal because everybody's going to get the player they want or, or a right. player that they want. But uh, one guy I would identify, I should say two guys that I, I would identify as potential steals. We've got them ranked in our top 40 even. And, uh, and in, in one player's case, he was an E grade on, uh, on the central scouting list. In another case, um, you know, he just, just made it past the, the letter grades, the central scouting's ranks. But so the first, first guy is uh, Elliot Oganowski from the almost four years. So you guys, I got to forgive me on my French pronunciation. You guys probably a little more. <laughs> no, no, a, a little more, I'm from Alberta. More, uh, so don't even worry about, little... don't even worry about French pronunciations. Our fan listeners, uh, they're used to my, uh, French pronunciation, <laughs> so don't even worry about it. Sure. So, anyways, um, in in Elliot's case, um, another player who, I mean, kind of probably because a little bit because of the the uh, regional isolation in in some cases. I mean, obviously they play just as many games as as the rest of the uh, M eighteen teams in Quebec, but it just seemed like uh, almost maybe wasn't the most um, you know most exciting team to watch for the draft this year. And and Elliot probably wasn't the most um, prominent player early in the year but as as the year kind of went on and especially at this last QMJHL Cup event that's where I really honed in on him and and uh, grew to appreciate his game so he's he's a forward um, he, he'll typically play the left wing um, but at, at the QMJHL Cup he really kind of exploded onto the scene for me he's got a ton of speed and a ton of skill um, but also good composure with his skill um, there's a couple players in the draft that I recognize as guys who have the skill and use it when they need to, but otherwise they're, they're quite pragmatic and, and they only get fancy when they need to. And that's kind of how I would, how I would describe Oganowski. So, you know, you get, you get a package of, of uh, skill with this player 
but you also know that he has the presence of mind and and you know maturity in his game that he doesn't need to be the guy who's always the center of attention and that's a tough thing to find for for guys who are 16 years old who you know they're they're building all of this skill into their game and and of course they want to use it but he's just really pragmatic with the puck um if he, if he doesn't need it and that's something i really appreciate about him so I think, like I say, he's. I think he's ranked in the 80s um, for central scouting. But if you could get him in the third round, um, I think he'd be a good pickup. And the other guy is Hudson Clark from the Sydney Mitsubishi Rush in uh, in Nova Scotia. And I, I'll be honest, I haven't seen Clark play for well about a month now. Um, they played at the at the Telus Cup. And actually, funny funny about Clark is that he was he was his team's top scorer at the at the Telus Cup. Um, maybe a little smaller, and I'm not sure just why he didn't get the attention with with the central scouting group. But um, a really really fast player, um, skilled in in transition in the neutral zone, and and has a bit of an edge to his game. So you know, really really seemed to uh, go under the radar uh, for for uh, you know the other other rankings. And um, I think you know I, you know the the great thing about him is because he is so much under the radar. We've got him ranked in the top 40. If you could get him in the 70s, I mean, I, I think if, if other teams maybe didn't have their eyes on him, he'd be a he'd be a good pickup. <laughs> I like the uh, the first line of his uh, scouting report that if he isn't drafted by the sixth round, you're going to eat your socks. So I hope uh, I hope not a lot of people saw <laughs> yeah. that because uh, that could be that could be quite a dangerous uh, dangerous evaluation there. <laughs> yeah, I know a couple of guys who've been burned with that that exact statement. Uh, one of my one of my colleagues at, at Puck Preps and one of my good friends is is uh, Joel Henderson, and I I'm, I'm trying to remember the context of his statement <laughs> last year with respect to the NHL draft. But I think he was supposed to eat his socks. I just I can't remember what the context was. Uh, just the final one for me. Just I'm, I'm on your side as we're as we're having a chat with you and um, going through the crew draft Q draft rankings, and I, I tried to go goalie wise, and maybe I just didn't use the site properly. But on your list, I didn't see Gabriel Degg, the number one goaltender rated and 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 you know CSR's top three player ranking. At am I looking in the wrong place, or is goalies something no. that you kind of stay away from because it's tougher and more team specific? No, no, you're not. Um, and actually, fun, funny thing with with Gabe is that, or I should say Gabriel. I'm not I'm not sure if he goes by Gabe or Gabriel, but um, is is that he's probably going to be the exception that that draws us into the goalie realm a little bit. Right. Um, obviously he's been very highly touted um, for, for this draft. And I think for a couple of years, that's been the case with him, but no, I, I know, I know the player. We just, we just don't rank goalies. So no, he's, okay. he, he would be a, a, a tremendous addition. I think for any team, I think the biggest thing with him is, is safety. There's a lot of, or I shouldn't say safety maybe, but, uh, but certainty, I guess is one way to put it, but, it always seems like there's the uh, the uh, stigma with goalies about them being a, a risky and difficult to project pick. And I think the thing with him is that he's just he's so physically mature and he plays at, at such a high pace already for a goalie that that the risk is really not there with him. So I, I think you know it's it's totally reasonable to have him in the top ranked in the top five. Um, you might hear him even even considered as a first overall pick, but um, I mean with him. The, the thing I always notice is that he covers the bottom of the net so well. So yeah. when guys come deep on him, it's really going to be tricky for them to, to put it low on him. Uh, he just, he just covers everything up so well. Um, and obviously, like I say, he, he moves really well, um, covers his, his posts nicely. 
um, just in general, like the, the bottom half of the net and, and along the, along the post is really tr- tricky to get a puck by him. And unless you've got a really wicked shot that you can get off from long range, and there's a number of players in this class who do, and obviously a number of players in the queue that do. Um, but unless you can get those off and get them through traffic, um, I, I don't, I don't see a lot of, of holes through, uh, through dags. So, um, you know, if you can, if you can move up in the draft to pick them for sure. Uh, but I think he'll be gone by 22. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. 100%. Uh, he he'll be gone by then, and uh, we kind of like the guy in the pipes we got. So, yeah, mm-hmm. we won't keep you any longer. But just uh, one last one from me, there, Braden. <laughs> kind of on the whole uh, Twilight movie thing. Team uh, Jacob or Team Edward? <laughs> uh, are you team when it comes to drafts? Are you team virtual or are you team in person? Um, this this year, I really began to once again appreciate team in person uh virtual is is good to some extent i mean the, the thing is you don't you you don't get to uh appreciate the vastness of players abilities in 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 a virtual scouting capacity um you when you're in the rink i know people will use you know all kinds of uh statements about what what the value of being in the rink is i i just find it is it's so much easier to appreciate the, the like i say the, the scale and the vastness of the players that are out there, you know, there's, there's guys that, that will catch your eye in a rink that, that won't catch your eye on a screen. Um, it's easier to focus on guys I find on a screen. Like if there's a player that I'm really trying to, uh, you know, evaluate a certain characteristic of his or a certain attri- attribute of his, um, I, I find it's, it's great to go through, you know, go through Instat or something like that and, and hone in on him and, and break it down if, if that's necessary to, you know, differentiate between him and another player to, to really figure out why I have one player higher or lower, you know, you know, just, just like I say, differentiate for a certain attribute. But, uh, you know, when you're, when you're, especially when you're watching or trying to watch 250 plus players, um, and, and rank them and, and evaluate them in the same context, you, I feel like you got to be in the rink as much as you can. And uh, where, it's, where it's practical, of course, where it's not, you supplement it as best as you can. Yeah, that's. Uh, I, I feel like that would be a purveying answer for a lot of scouts. Is, as much as you can get into that cold rink is, is better. And, and for us fans, as much as we can get into a rink to see a draft, that's even better to see all the, the hard work that scouts uh, put in. But again, like Jeremy said, we don't want to take too much of your time. And thanks for joining us on the, uh, on the inaugural, uh, your inaugural episode. Um, and we hope to have you on many more times uh, during the year. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. I'm always happy to, uh, to join you and talk about the kids and uh, happy to be here. Perfect. Thanks, Braden. Get any good insight for our mock draft? You ready to go? Yes, I'm ready to go. Yeah, I am ready to go. I that heard makes some, one of us. <laughs> I heard some things from Alex. Yeah, that kind of. I have an idea where we're going with that uh, with our first pick, just based on some of the words he used. Well, we're not going to get that far, are we? Well, no, <laughs> but I have an idea of what type of player they're yeah. looking for. Okay, based on some of the wording. That he used that he used. All right, all right. So you ready for uh, some mock drafting? Yes. All right. Are you gonna, do you have a Wildcats mock draft or uh, no? Okay, I wasn't because we, we had kind of talked to you. Were maybe going to have a few name ideas to throw out there. So I didn't we, know if you uh, still had that. Nope. Um, usually I do. I will. Uh, I will. I will post. I'm not going to do a 14 round 
Wildcats mock draft. Um, but uh, like Alex said, we've got six picks in the first 61. Uh, that's probably where I'll I'll stop. I'll do six <laughs> picks and uh, and leave it at that. And I'll, right. uh, I'll we'll post that like maybe the day before oh, the day of the draft. Yeah. Uh, knowing that we don't have a first round pick, uh, it'll just kind of lead us into uh, the next day. All right, so let's uh, do an 18-team mock draft. Uh, we did this 2019. I don't think we did it last year. I think you and uh, you and Johnny Rocket did it last yes, year. Yes, I, I remember that. Yeah. Well, is he available? Let's get him on the line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's just phone him up. Hey, are you prepared for a mock draft? Uh, let's go. Um, all right, so we're doing rock, paper, scissors yeah. for the first overall pick? Yes. All right, ready? Yes. One, two. Oh. All right, so... I Adam get t- gets the first pick. <laughs> I think I. No, I think you had the first pick when we did it last time because okay. you took uh, why not? I do believe. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So with the first overall pick in the 2022 QMJHL entry draft, the Cape Breton Eagles do not trade it, which okay. is smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, like I said a couple weeks ago, I would pick the defenseman, and since I have the choice, uh, I'm taking the defenseman Thomas Lavois um, of uh, College Esterblend. Esther oh, Phoenix. Blanc. The Phoenix. The Phoenix. Just, just, <laughs> Adam knows that one. It's yeah. the Phoenix. Yeah, it's uh, the same team Esther as Darcy. Blondin. Esther Blondin. Uh, very good pick. Yeah. Uh, ironically, will join uh, Sylvain Couturier and Kate Breton because uh, Thomas Lavois is basically Noah Dobson 2.0, uh, yeah. who starred for the Teton with uh, Sylvain Couturier as their uh, as their general manager. So good uh, good start to the draft uh, by, uh, by Kate Breton here. Um, second pick will be Victoriaville. Uh, and, uh, I will say, you know, you, you can't pass up on a franchise goaltender. Um, so I will say the Victoriaville will select, um, Nick, Nicola Riopel client, <laughs> Gabrielle Dag goaltender. Shakutami is not very happy with that. I don't think, um, it could be a, a, a trade in a play trade. here. Yeah. Now I asked you off air and I, I kind of, the mock draft might be cool a little while, but it's always fun to do these. Um, what a team like Shakutami move one spot where you don't have to pay a big price to secure the number two spot and get that goaltender to keep a team like Baycomo from giving up two picks to get ahead of them to move the goaltender if Victoriaville didn't want the goaltender. Because you don't really see teams move up one spot, but it would assure that no one else will get that goaltender that you want. No, it's it's a good question, because, uh, but I just don't know if Baycomo would do that because when if you have back to back picks, you can really build your team yeah, with yeah. those back to back picks. Uh, as good of a goalie is that Dag is, um, I think Baycomo needs to focus more on uh, on just being a better team overall instead yeah. of focusing more more on one position. All right, so that brings us to three and the Shikudami, uh with their new logo that. Mm-hmm. Eh, eh. Um, I mean, they're going to go get the forward, um, and that's Justin Poirier. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, the, the top three players that you've had on your list all three or past month or so, you can't go wrong with one of these three players, whatever the order is going to be. Um, so I'm going to stick with the uh, forward. I keep calling him the defenseman because um, of his brother. His brother's yeah. a forward. Uh, Justin Poirier. Good pick. Uh, small, skilled player. Uh, can shoot the puck. He's going to put the... Uh, He's going to score some goals in this league, and on that big ice, and, and Chikudumi will uh, will definitely benefit him. Uh, next pick is uh, the first of two straight for Bay Como. Do you want and, both of them? 
Uh, sure, I'll take both, and then okay, and then I'll take a, another Sags pick down the line or whatever. Oh, it's up to you. Well, it just makes sense for you to pick both. Okay, okay. both players, right? Okay, so yeah, so back to back picks for Baycomo. Um, I think, uh, you know, the strategically the smart thing to do here would be would be to take a forward and a defenseman, and uh, I believe that they will take uh, Elliot Letellien at uh, at fourth overall from the uh, Saint uh, Francois Blizzard organization. And uh, fifth pick, uh, Julian Lantier, uh, defenseman. I'm not sure which. I think it's Saint Eustache is he from? Yeah, yeah. So forward and defenseman, Elliot Letalien and uh, Julian Lantier. All right. Now you get Render and at six. Oh, I'm going again. Well, you're the even numbers, right? Oh, so. right. Okay. Um, so yes, um, Runaranda. Uh, I think this is their first of two picks. Yep. In six the, and ten. Uh, six and ten. Uh, I will have them taking defenseman Xavier Veilleux from also the Blizzard, I think, uh, St. Francis, not St. Well, Fra- Francois Blizzard. All right, so that gives me the Mooseheads. And uh, this one, I think you talked about a couple weeks ago, Just it just makes so much sense. And that's uh, from the Halifax Max forward Quinn Kennedy. You're basically following my draft. <laughs> and I, I can't right see it really. Uh, but... Uh, we had talked about this player being, I mean, you had him ranked higher in your draft early on coming out of the Monktonian. He's kind of fallen a little bit, but, uh, you know, he's got the connections in Halifax. He's from there. It just makes so much sense. And as much as Halifax would like to take a Moncton player with our pick uh, here, they can get Quinn Kennedy, who's, you know, fallen a little bit. But uh, in the few times I saw him play at the Monktonian, he's, a, he's an impact player there. So yeah. uh, eight, Blainville. Uh, Blainville, uh, going with the defenseman. A lot of defensemen going in the first round. Uh, I'll, I'll put them down for Adam Fortier Gendron from I think also the Phoenix, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. I'm not looking at the roster. I'm watching this OHL game at the moment. Yeah, how's it going? Uh, zero zero. Who'd you say, Adam Fortier Gendron? Gendron, Adam Fortier Gendron. Yes, the Phoenix. The Phoenix. The Phoenix will rise in this draft. <laughs> Um, Drummondville, uh, at the number nine spot. Um, I'm gonna go with a player off the puck preps list. That's a little higher than the CSR list. And, uh, if he's the player that his brother was, um, he's going to be an impact playing with Tyler pedal and that's Thomas de Rousseau. Okay. All right. So they have them ranked fifth overall. You Uh, finally don't have a player that I have. This is where our list starts to (laughs) start starts to fall apart. Yeah. Um, yeah. Puck, puck preps. I always want to call it pucks, puck preps. Has him fifth in their rankings. Uh, he's 15th in central scouting. So I feel like if you're going to get a player that can kind of be an impact forward with uh, with Tyler Peddle, um, if he's you know half as good as his brother was, I think that's a, an excellent pick for Drummondville to kind of build with. So you have Thomas DeRizzo? Yep. Okay, so I'm just going to update the list here. <laughs> um, so this moves us to number 10, the Cape Breton Eagles, I believe. Yeah. Um, no, or Renaranda. 10 is Renaranda. According to this list... The, the order off that. I thought it was Cape Breton. Cape Breton's 11. Okay. Okay. Maybe uh, I'm wrong. I thought There's no had, official. I thought they had 10. Um, I thought they were 10. Yeah. But uh, anyways, um, well. Because <laughs> um, it goes Ren at 10, Cape Breton 11, Shikudimi 12, 13, Gatineau 14, Ramuski 15. I have this all mixed up then. Um, that's okay. So, uh, Ruin Aranda at, uh, at 10. Yeah. Um, 
a perfect fit. Joining his brother Dylan and Runaranda, Moncton Flyers defenseman Spencer Gill. And the dream is dead. Mm-hmm. That we just talked about uh, with <laughs> with Braden being a little bit lower in his rankings. Hopefully, uh, but you had talked about him going to that team, and you know that just made sense at ten because um, they like their maritime players and and whatnot. So that kind of made sense there. So eleven is Cape Breton again. And I really wish I had a Sharpie so I knew who I didn't have. Um, <laughs> I'm all messed up now because I thought Cape Breton was 10. So And they uh, could be. I mean, there isn't an actual order that's come out. So I'm going off the puck preps list. You've got a list from, I'm guessing, the standings. So we could be completely wrong. But we'll get the players with the right uh, right team. So And maybe it's Cape Breton 10 and Renner and 11. Who, who knows? knows? We'll figure it out. Um, so what was that? Cape Breton? Mm-hmm. Well, they went and drafted the defenseman, so why not the ability to get a forward here? Uh, but it's just what forward? Who's the top-ranked forward left? Hey, did you take Xavier Veu? Yes, I did. He's a defenseman. Yeah. Oh yeah, D <laughs> A F. Uh, I'm gonna go get the guy that's uh, had an impact at the Tellus Cup right there uh, from Magog, Raul. Bollier. Bollard, there you Bullard, go. yeah. Okay, good, good. Uh, player that, once I saw his name and I saw the team, I was like, ah, yes, I remember that guy's name from all the uh, the telescope. He played a lot with uh, Bayerjan. Mm-hmm. Uh, made an impact there. So I'm going to give them the forward uh, Raul. Good, strong Ra- name. Raul. Mm, good, so what, strong what pick name. was that again? Was that was That, that uh, was 11. 11. So now we're at Shikudemi? Yeah. At number 12? Okay. Uh, so Shikudemi, number 12. Uh, this would be their second pick, I believe. Yep. Uh, so after taking a forward at the uh, third overall, I could see them probably taking uh, a defenseman here, someone from potentially very close to the organization uh, or their their home. Um, I'm gonna go with Matthew. Actually, this wouldn't be a close a hometown pick here, but Matthew Tyfair. I think he's the 18th yep. ranked defenseman yep. for 18th ranked in uh, for CSR. Um, so yeah, we'll say, uh, I think we'll take a defenseman here, Matthew Tyfair. Perfect. So that gives me 13, which is Shakutami again. And, uh, they're going to go with, ah, who are they going to go with? Probably, I would say, Deriso's teammate. I'm not sure if they were line mates, but Justin, uh, Carboneau. Okay. Um, okay. 17th overall pick from Levy. Mm-hmm. Um, so they get, was that three forwards? kind of rebuild that forward group right because mm-hmm. they took forward it mm-hmm. yep mm-hmm. so three forwards i i think 12 13 if they have those picks unless they move them i i kind of feel like they're going to get a defenseman maybe not three forwards but um they're going three forwards so far so you're up 14 with gatineau gatineau uh gatineau will uh select uh from magog alex durocher My uh, taking your yeah. guys, <laughs> yeah, that was that was my guy. Yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't watch a lot of film, but when I do, I really hone in on the players that are on TSN at the end of the year, whether it was the uh, Canada Cup or the Canada Games when it was Larue, and then uh, the Tellus Cup. Uh, so yeah, those those are the kind of players that uh, uh, that I usually try to focus on. But uh, that's okay, that's okay. Ramuski's gonna go with uh, Maxime Massy from Notre Dame, which is actually he is from Ramuski. Yeah, so, so hometown it's a very, kid. very hometown pick right there. 
Feel uh, good about that one? So what, what pick was that again? That was 15. 15. I'm way off here. <laughs> so now we're at 16. 16. Which so a, 16, 17, 18 is Victoriaville, Valdor, Shakutami. So I had, I had my list has Victoriaville at 14. So some, some way there's... I don't know. They're all mixed up here. Um, I don't know. But uh, this is apparently pick 16. I had Ramuski. Um so I am completely lost. So we're going to say this is Victoriaville. Yeah. Uh, pick 16. Uh, Victoriaville has already had one pick, I believe. They took the goalie. Uh, one way of building out to win a championship is you build, take a goalie, then you take a defenseman. I will say that they take Anthony Pare. I think he's 20. Another name, yep. 22. 22. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> this list is all mixed up. I thought this, you know. I was pretty sure I had this spot on. And you might have it. So we can, like I said, I don't know how updated this is. I wish there was a way to actually find out what the draft order was by going off standings. But mm-hmm. uh, So that was Victoriaville. So 17 uh, is Valdor. And the guy I saw a little bit of uh, in the uh, in the final, the New Brunswick final, uh, from St. John, the Vitos, uh, forward Carner Arsenal. Oh, you think the St. John kid's going to go play in Valdor? I think they're going to take him and hope they can get him there. That will be very good news for the Wildcats. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, uh, so we are at pick 17. No, that was 17, Valdor. That was 17. So okay, finally, so the, of the four, Shakutami, who's already the taken. The four, Shakutami, so they yeah. they did they missed out on the goalie, uh, so I think they will take a goalie here. Uh, and I think they're going to go a little off the board. They're going to go with one of my favorite names in the draft, um, he's currently playing. He won't be ready next year, but I think he's a, a goalie for two years down the road. Not related to former Wildcats goalie Bill Ruggiero. Got him. <laughs> but Luciano Ruggiero uh, will be the uh, final pick of the first round goaltender uh, from Midget Esplar, I think he is. Uh, where is he fourth? Is he third or fourth round? Uh, 30... 41st ranked overall, yeah. so... Yeah. So there's your... Uh, second, mid-second round there, just before yeah. third. So that's third Lu- round, Luciano Ruggiero. No relation to former Wildcats goaltender Bill Ruggiero uh, going to Shikudemi with the last pick of the first round. All right, so do you have two names maybe you can throw out at 22 for Moncton? Um, yes. Just to kind of finish this thing off. Yeah, absolutely. So um, since you went ahead and took my guy, uh, to, to Valdor, um, that would leave us with an opportunity here, uh, to select, uh, Felix Lassert, uh, from a Trois-Rivières, small forward, uh, but, uh, but super, super skilled, uh, don't, uh, look at his, you know, 5'9", 146, ignore that, um, just based on, on, you know, just going through our list, that's the, the name that, uh, pops out for me. Yep. Uh, that would be a forward I'd take. Uh, defenseman I would take. Uh, Marcus Kiersey, uh from uh, from Newfoundland played at Rothsay Netherwood uh, with Dolomont. Didn't play with Dolomont, okay. no. But uh, we've obviously got a pretty good relationship with uh, with Rothsay Netherwood. Uh, their head coach Jeff Lewis is the Wildcats New Brunswick scout, so there's a very good uh, connection there. Uh, so you know what? If it's if it's twenty two. And, uh, and you know, if Connor Arsenault, who's, I'm going to put his name out there, 
is the guy I want at 22. If he's off the board, um, you know, I, I wouldn't mind a Felix Assert or, or a Marcus Kiersey. All right. Well, that's it, man. That's We, we made it. We did it. We uh, I don't know how accurate the teams are in that. Uh, well, maybe I'll have to splice the uh, changing everything around, but... Um, yeah, the final uh, the final show as we're gonna take a couple weeks off as I'm heading to Europe to do some uh, scouting. scouting. Yeah, yep. I, I heard that. Yeah, yep. you're heading nope. out to uh, on a, an import draft uh, scouting trip. Yep. Shout out to Richie for paying for that one. <laughs> yeah, um, that's exactly it. Yeah, uh, shout thanks. Out, shout out to the cats for <laughs> yeah, uh, for, for funding for, that, for yeah. footing the bill on that yeah. on that trip. And Not a lot uh, of Eng- England players, so we're going to England, Czech Republic. Not a lot of players coming out of England. So well, you know, you could find, you a, could Liam, find a, a Liam Kirk, yeah, uh, a Liam Kirk type player uh, who. Started in the OHL with the Peter O'Peets. Yep. And uh, I believe he got drafted by the uh, Washington Capitals, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. And, uh, yeah, so there's... Uh, there's fun. players to be... It doesn't matter where they come from. Walk that way and make an impact. That's all that matters, right? Exactly. You could take a player from the, uh, you know, Division Two Hungarian under-18 team, and uh, if they come here and perform... Uh, I'll, I'd be happy. So yep. yeah, uh, enjoy your scouting trip to England and the Czech Republic. Thank you, I appreciate Czechia, that. as it's known, <laughs> known as now. Yeah, and uh, we'll, we'll be back here on the fourth of July. Yeah, with no yeah. no fireworks for no. for the American Independence Day, <laughs> but uh, we'll be here, uh, not necessarily live, but we'll be watching the show together, yep. watching the draft together. Yep. Um, and if something wildcats related happens uh, occurs happens uh, we will probably do a quick uh, instagram live and uh chat about that uh, together so uh yeah enjoy your enjoy your, your trip and uh bring your your scouting notepad and uh i'll be asking you some some tips on that uh <laughs> on some uh, u18 uh czech republic uh or england uh, players yes when you get back that's an excellent way you just ended that show bro well you i know. don't I'm starting to get the the hang of this in case I have to do a show next week by myself. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Know, like Pat like Pat McNeil told us last week, you know, he always gets uh called in when there's something to uh to report and yeah. um he, he was he was called in. Yeah. We uh we actually predicted. I we I was it we predicted. We called. Yeah. We called, called it, it like called 4 it. weeks ago. Yep. I said it was Sylvain Couturier. Nobody believed me. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, like you said, he kind of hinted at maybe who he was taking number one. So mm-hmm. his hinting lined up with who I would take because it's not always easy to get a franchise defenseman. But, uh, yeah, just like Jeremy said, we will be back. Uh, no shows for two weeks. Uh, and then we're going to be back maybe Instagram Live, but at least we'll be back watching rounds one uh, and two. Maybe not together, but eventually we'll watch round two. And then we will be back uh, for the draft recap, hopefully with uh, Richie on the – 13th as well we'll see if we can get a guest for the season finale uh episode of that show and then we're going to take a well-deserved summer vacation before we get ramped back up to this thing in august so once again thanks to our two guests wildcats hud scout alex goche as well as puck preps Braden olfson uh for joining us on the show um thanks to all the fan listeners and support enjoy the uh enjoy the drafts in a couple weeks and uh we'll see you then Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wildcast Podcast. Follow us on social media at Moncton Wildcast.